Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Let's uh, get right into our talk this evening. Good to have everybody with us online and on our podcast. Uh, we are continuing a series that we have titled Finish What He Started. And so we've been doing this for a number of weeks now. And so I hope that you've been kind of following along. If you haven't, one thing that I would encourage is go back and listen to the previous uh, se uh, sessions that we've had. I promise you that uh, it will help you in this subject. And so uh, in, in light of this, uh, one of the things that Jesus said in the Gospel of John chapter 6 is this, and I, I love this statement. He says, For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And so what we have to do, when we follow Jesus through the scriptures, when you watch the things that he did with other people, the interesting thing, probably one of, one of, the, most thing, one of the most predominant things that stand out in the life and ministry of Jesus is that everyone that came to him for healing, they got it. Every one of them, 100%. Now, he didn't go to everybody and heal everybody. I've heard people say, well, man, when I, when I, I, I get this, I'm just going to walk up in a hospital and empty it out. No, that's not what happened there. But everyone that came to Jesus for healing, they received healing. Now, as we unpack this, one of the things that I always remind you all of, and when it comes to a subject like this, because over the years, one of the big things that I have discovered is the vast amount of disagreement in the body of Christ on this subject. So don't assume that I'm right. Get in the Word of God for yourself. Now, I, I want to assure you I am right. I, I, I don't say that out of some arrogant, I, I would never teach you something that, I'm, I'm, you know, that I question. Are you with me? But my revelation is not your revelation, right, Sherry? Yeah, Sherry was telling me about something the Holy Spirit showed her this week, and I'm like, that's how the Holy Spirit works. As you said under the feet of Jesus, he begins to give revelation to you about any subject. And so be open to that. Stay teachable. Never get to the place in your journey of faith where you've arrived. doesn't matter how old you are. You understand? All right, let's, let's pray and get into this. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for your word that it is ever living, that it is forever settled, that it is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our path. And so tonight, Holy Spirit, speak to us through your word. Open the eyes of our understanding that we see clearer than ever before our role as part of your body on the planet. And tonight, my prayer is this, Holy Spirit, as we speak the word, my prayer is that you confirm the word with signs following this evening in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So if Jesus said, I came from heaven to do the will of my Father, and we watched Jesus, and everywhere he went, he healed sick people, then it is obvious that the will of the Father is healing sick people. All of them. Say all of them. Yeah. As a matter of fact, and this is just a quick review, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus chapter 15, God actually makes this statement, I am the Lord who used to heal you. Who will heal you someday. No, he is the Lord who heals present tense right now. Now, the interesting thing about this particular passage of Scripture, it comes 
on the other side of the children of Israel just seeing one of the most incredible things in their life. They just walked across dry land, an ocean split. Now what I want you to do tonight as we kind of unpack our talk, I want you to visualize, okay? I want you to use your God-inspired imagination to see the Word of God come alive. Can you imagine, Josh, can you imagine an ocean splitting and we walk across on dry land and there's walls of water on, on, on each side. The, old, the King James says in, in the book of Psalms that, that God congealed the water. What's that mean? He froze it. He froze it. So you could see a shark like at, at an aquarium. When you, you ever been to the aquarium, that'd be like... <laughs> Hey, Joshua, come check this out, man. Okay, I guess my imagination is different than yours, okay? But they had just experienced this happen. They come across, and then the ocean closes back, and in one swoop, God wipes out the most powerful military force on the planet, just like that. God is amazing. But people... People don't change. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. Watch this. Say three days. Yeah. They had just saw this take place. And three days after they, I mean, they got the tambourines, rose, you know, the song. They the hold the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. And they're all worshiping and celebrating. And three days, say three days. Three days, they, they run out of something to drink. And they come to this lake, this really a pond. And the water is sour. It's bad. They can't drink it. And you know what they do? They start complaining. Now, we're going we're gonna to unpack complaining a little bit later in our talk, but I want you to keep that in the forefront of your thinking. How many of us, we're believing God for something, we're trusting God, and we don't see the desired result right away, and we, we start questioning God, and then we find ourselves complaining. And so God, now everything in the Old Testament, you have to understand, are types and pictures of a New Testament reality. And so God told Moses, go get a tree and cut it down and throw it into the water. And the tree will make the bitter water sweet. And that is a type of Jesus who hung on the tree, healing the water of the land. And then God says, I am, in chapter 15, verse 26, I am the Lord who heals you. Not used to be. I am. See, the thing about it, you have to be open to allowing the Word of God to transform how you think. Jesus, and this is the, the, whole, the, the whole thing with, with our talk tonight, Jesus is 100% absolutely expecting us today as his body on the planet to finish what he started. We have an assignment here. The, the man, son of man, Jesus lives in heaven. The Christ, the anointed one from the foundations of the world, lives in us. And the world shook. But we, we just like, mm, that's, that, amen, pastor, that's really good. The, the, the holy one lives in you. See, when I put on the brakes in my life and I, I, I reflect on the fact that the almighty that split the Red Sea the anointing that when they threw a dead man on the bones of Elisha, the dead man got up. That Y'all with me tonight? That kind of anointing, where is it at? It's at Walmart. You can, it's on sale tonight. It's in us. But unless we take the time to allow it to get to the place in our soul where it dictates the way we live, 
we'll not experience these things because the just shall live by faith. See, I know that's a good religious statement, but a fish has to live in water. We have to have oxygen to function as a human. As a born-again person of God, there is only one way you can live. It's by faith. That's how you're designed to live. Listen to Jesus in John chapter 14. This is one of those Jesus radical statements. John 14, 12, most assuredly, what's that mean? We would say in Kentucky today, I guarantee you. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, who's that? He who believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also. And greater works than these he will do. L listen, I love the greater works, but let's, let's table the greater works for a minute. Let's just focus on the works. I, I just want to get the works going. Once I see that, then I'll move on to greater works. But I, I want to see, I, I, I want, the Bible says that they brought to him the, the mute, the blind, the lame. Watch this. The maimed. The maimed? You, you, you know what maimed is, don't you? They were on their road, and, and a lion got them, and they tore a limb off. <laughs> Come on, man. Is, is that real? Yeah. And he healed them all. Now, it, it, when I see some of that happening, then I'll, I'll try to get some faith for some greater. But that's pretty great, right? So Jesus goes on in that same chapter in verse 16, because now he's telling the disciples, guys, I'm getting ready to leave, and the Father's going to send him in my place. He's going he's to send another like me. Let's read this. Verse 16, Jesus says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Now, you know, if I'm out at the restaurant, and I'm drinking Sprite, and I say, bring me another, I don't want a Diet Coke. I want, I want another what? Just like the one I got. So the Holy, if you want to see the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in action, all you got to do is watch Jesus. And Jesus said that, that I'm going to pray the Father that he will give you another helper. One of, the, one, of, one of the translations calls the Holy Spirit our comforter. Well, if he comforts you, then he's not harassing you. He's comforting you. He's helping you. Verse 26 of that same chapter says, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, when the Father will send him in my name, watch very carefully, he will teach you all things. And he will bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. You mean like verse 12, things that you said to me, Jesus? You mean like the Great Commission, Matthew 28, things you said to me? You mean go lay hands on the sick and they'll recover? The, those, you're going to remind me of those things, Holy Spirit? See, guys, there has to be. Come on, you got to get this tonight. There has to, and I say this repeatedly. There has to be transformation in our thinking. So often we find ourselves just sitting around wishing Jesus would perform. You're going to do another miracle? One, a matter of fact, Jesus got on the disciples one time and those around him. He said, all y'all people want is another sign. Here's the only sign you get. It's like Jonah. And he goes and tells him about the, the, the story of Jonah riding around in a fish. You ever thought about that one? Did that really happen? And riding around in a fish. 
I've been trying to get out of the fish. I'm just going to tell you, I mean, I, 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 wouldn't just be, I wouldn't be kicked back riding around in it. See, we read these stories in the Bible, and we, we are like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. But it just, and it blows right past our soul. Because we're like, yeah, that's a good story, but, you know, did it really? See, one of the mistakes we're making is we want Jesus to confirm himself to us with a sign. That's not faith. If you have a sign, then you don't need faith because it's, y'all okay? Yeah. See, you remember what Peter told us in his letter. Peter makes this radical statement. He says, God has given us everything we need for a godly life, watch this, through our knowledge of him. And God has, say has, God has given us every uh, great and precious promise so that through them we can participate in his divine nature. Now let me show you something here. Like we talked about promises last week in the Word of God, like out of the book of Proverbs that we quoted out of Proverbs 4, that God's Word is, is medicine to your flesh. That's a promise. But when you read in Matthew 8, 17, where Jesus bore our sicknesses and took our diseases, and in 1 Peter, when you, 1 Peter 2, 24, that he has, by his wounds, by his beatings, he has healed us. Guys, that's not a promise. Listen very carefully. That's a historical fact. There's a huge difference. Jesus did die on a cross. He was led to the whipping post and beaten beyond recognition for one reason, so that we don't have to be sick. But we haven't been taught that enough for the revelation to get in our soul to the point that we're walking by faith and we're actually expecting the Word of God to come alive in our life. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I, I started with this scripture last week, but I want to get into it a little bit more. I'm going to use the Amplified here, and it says this in verse 7 or verse 16. Tell us, girl. <laughs> she likes to help me preach. Every script, 2 Timothy 3:16, every scripture, how many? Every scripture is God breathed. Now, what he what this means, let me take a second. It doesn't mean that God was speaking to Peter or to Paul or to James or to Matthew and they were like a, a, a receptionist taking, dictating a letter. The Holy Spirit would come to men of God of old and give them a revelation and through their personality they would write it. God breathed. This is who I am. This is what I do. That's why Peter's writings are different than Paul's and James, his writing is different than, are you with me? He allowed, he wanted that. He wants your personality within the Word of God. He wants to minister through you to people. He says every scripture is God-breathed. It is given by his inspiration, and it is profitable. What's profitable? Every scripture. It's profitable for instruction, for reproof, for correction, for discipline, for training in righteousness. How many of you think we need some training in righteousness? We do, guys. We need training. I used the illustration last week, but I think it may give you some perspective tonight. You know, I, I said last Wednesday night, they have these cool videos on YouTube about how to be a pilot. So I'm going to take some of them, and then I'm going to let you all fly with me. Right? That's ridiculous. But why do we think that's ridiculous, but then we want to think we're just going to automatically walk in the things of God? 
the most powerful, most significant, greatest thing that's in existence of all creation. You think you're just going to walk in it because you heard a sermon one time? You need to be trained in righteousness. Scott, would, would you take me to Toyota tomorrow and cut me loose? There you go, man. Go on out there and make me a Toyota. I'll probably tell you something up. Yeah. I need training. Guys, Christians, it, I, I'm telling you, it is one of the things I see that just staggers my, my, my thinking sometimes. We just think it's just going to happen. We're going to sing a good worship song and God's going to show up and show off. No, Jesus lives in heaven. We are his body on the planet and the Holy Spirit wants, he has to have a he has to have a vessel to work through. He said God's word, every scripture is for instruction, reproof, correction, discipline, training in righteousness, in conformity to God's will, in thought, in purpose, and in action. Now let's stop right here for a second, then I'll go to verse 17. But now we know very clearly from what Jesus told us in John chapter 6, I came from heaven to do the will of my Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what the Father says. And then he told this, this radical statement in John, it is the Father in me doing the work. It's the Father's will to heal. And so if we get trained in this, watch this, verse 17 will come to pass, so that the man of God may be complete and proficient, well-fitted, and thoroughly equipped for every good work. That includes healing. Come on. Appreciate your enthusiasm tonight. Whoo, we're excited. See, I know this is, you know what the apostle, he, the apostle Paul talks about in his letters. He says, I fed you with milk, <laughs> but you couldn't, take, you couldn't even take the milk. You're still babies. You're still, you're still, you're still on... Where's her passy at back there? <laughs> they were kicking it around on the floor. They were kicking Charlie's stupid. I said, don't put that back in her mouth, man. It's on the floor. He says, I, I wanted to feed you meat, but I couldn't. This message is meat. Now, it is a simple principle, but the problem with the church is too often we, we don't talk about it enough for it to be a reality in our life. And that's why we have this lengthy series about it. You see, I believe without a doubt one sure thing that God gave us is his word. His word is living spiritual reality. And according to this passage that we just read in Timothy, his word was given to train us in righteousness. So according to the passage, listen very carefully, and I've said this hundreds of times, guys. Why, why would he show us, why would God teach us and instruct us one way with his life and then in his word and then expect us to live a different way and not say one word about living a different way in the Bible. Why would he teach us one way? Why would he give the Great Commission and tell all of his disciples to go teach, and, uh, teach all the people that follow him the same way that, that he taught them? But then, then expect us to, to teach some ridiculous and believe some ungodly principle that, well, it might be God's will to heal you. And I know I get pushback on it every time. I know we've all got loved ones and saints that live in heaven today. I know you've got dear saints that loved God with all their heart and they were believing to the best of their ability and they didn't overcome their sickness. I get it. My mom lives in heaven today and she should be here, but she's not. So I understand that side of it. But I am telling you as boldly and as with much love as I can tell you, it is not God's fault and it is time for the church to stop blaming God. Amen. 
See, I don't have all of Some of you, you, you just like, you just checked out on that. But don't just assume I'm right. Let me take it a step further. Why don't you prove me wrong? I say, I, I say it was with, with love and respect. I dare you. Prove me wrong. It's okay. I would not be up here telling you all this. Hmm? God wants us at a place in our lives where we're living every day with an intentional expectation, trusting every word that he said, trusting every word that he said, trusting. Go to Proverbs. Let me help you with this. Y'all okay? All right. I know sometimes I kick some religious cows, but I like doing a little cow tipping. I, 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 I wasn't raised in the country, so I never got to do it, but I heard, I heard guys talk about cow tipping. We're going to grill some up. Proverbs chapter 3, watch this. Verse 5, I'm, many of you have heard this passage, but you're going to get some fresh perspective tonight. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Now, you could take just that portion of this passage and meditate on it till God begins to speak to you. Stop, stop trying to figure it out. See, some of us today, we're such intelligent people that we have got to know the whys of everything. You don't even know the why of how your brain works. No one on the planet does. I know they've, they've done some chemical experiments and some, some, some technical things with science to see how the, the organ responds to certain things, but how your mind actually functions. Stop. <laughs> no, uh-uh. He is the Almighty, and why needs to be put in the closet and left alone. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. See, he doesn't, he doesn't let off the gas here. In, in some of your ways. <laughs> like, come on, God, are you for real right now? He's for real right now. He was for real back then when he wrote it. In all of your ways, submit. Now, submission in today's culture is a cuss word. Nobody tell me what to do. <laughs> I've heard a lot of guys in prison say that. Man, I do what I want. How's that working out for you? <laughs> Yeah, in all of your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Watch, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Now, this word fear doesn't mean scared of God. It means to reverence him, to acknowledge him as the life giver, as the almighty. Reverence, fear the Lord, shun evil. James says it like this, resist the devil. Submit to God and resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. This, no, no, this, here, verse 8, this sums it all up. What's, what's the this that he's talking about? Trust in the Lord. Don't lean on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own understanding. Fear the Lord. Resist the evil. And this will bring health to your body. Shut the front door. If I trust in God and put his word first in my life and fear him and reverence him, it'll bring, according to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 8, it will bring health to my body and nourishment to my bone. What will? The Lord's ways. You remember what we talked about last week with Abraham? 
Abraham refused to waver at God's promise. You see, wavering, the Apostle Paul writes about it in the book of Ephesians. He says, he says don't be like this young, immature person that, that wavers in your faith, being tossed to and fro with every teaching, every wind of doctrine that comes down. He said, don't waver. He says, those that, what James says, those that waver are unstable in all of their ways. Don't waver. Can I, can I show you a picture of wavering? Y'all, you've heard me talk about this many times. But the disciples were in the boat, and the Bible says that it was late at, the, at night. And there was a storm going on. And Jesus was casually walking on the lake. <laughs> he didn't swim up to the boat. <laughs> I, I, you you got to wrap your head around this. I mean, can you imagine, Wendy, you're out on a boat, and there's storms, and you're kind of nervous, and it's dark. And you can't really see, and then all of a sudden, you, you, Peter, what is that, man? What's, what, is, what is that? Matthew, Mark, come, you see that? And then all of a sudden, some of the, a cloud moved away from the, the moon, and all of a sudden, his eyes begin to glisten. He said, fear not, boys, it's me. <laughs> like, oh, hey, Jesus. And then Peter's, Peter says this, Lord, if that's really you, you just tell me to come. And Jesus said what? No, he said, Peter, what's wrong with you? I'm the son of God. Put, sit down in the boat and shut up. What do you mean come out here? That's how most of us think. Well, he's the son of God. Well, the son of God was the son of man. And he said, Peter, come on, boy. And Peter got out. And the foot hit the water. Bobby, it didn't go down. I'm sure, he's, I'm sure he looked over at Mark like, and, and, it's, and, if, and if John was in the boat, because John's the one Jesus loved, he's like, look, look watch, watch this. He steps out, and, and now the Bible makes it very clear that he's looking at Jesus. And so he's walking on top of, I, I know somebody, it's not clicky with you. A human, have you ever tried this? You ever been to the lake or the pool? Any, any body of water. Go home tonight and practice it. Fill the tub up and see how it works for you. He's standing on top of water. There is a miracle happening that is defying the law of gravity. He is walking on water, and he's looking to Jesus, and he's walking, and the Bible makes it very clear that the waves begin to splash, and he took his eyes off Jesus, and he began to look at the storm, and he began to waver. He was wavering. And the Bible says that when he did that, he began to sink. I ain't never seen anybody begin to sink. See, it still wasn't completely over because he, he had enough time to cry out to Jesus to help me, and Jesus had enough time to reach out and get him. And, and, he, and Jesus, I, I mean, he reached out and got him. Just, it's not like he hugged him and pulled him, like, come on, I got you, Peter. It's going to be okay. No, none of that. He just picked now watch this. Why did it happen? The power began to fade when Peter began to waver. The power began to fade when Peter began to waver. See, some of you, you have symptoms in your body, and as long as you're keeping your eyes on the altar and finisher of your faith, the, the healing power is at work in your body. But the minute you get your eyes off of Jesus and you start talking the symptom, talking the problem, allowing fear and worry and anxiety to creep in, you begin to waver just like 
Peter did, and the power begins to wane in your life. I know you want, I know, I know we all just want instant pudding, but come on, Stephen. But we have, God is expecting us to learn how to live this thing out. And if we don't, you know what the Bible says in the Old Testament? That all of heaven rejoices when a saint comes home. So if you die early and you go home, there's a big party for you. Not that you should have, but if it happens, I mean, let's just be real. If you're born again, this is the most difficult thing we're ever going to do. Dave, this is the worst thing we'll ever experience in our life is this little window of humanity. So he began to waver because he got his eyes off Jesus. So Jesus reaches out and grabs him because he cried out, and Jesus showed him mercy, just like he shows us every day when we begin to fail. And man, Lord, I was believing, I was believing, but the pain, the symptom, the struggle, what the doctor said I was, I was. Come on, get back. I got you. Come on. Get back over here. Get your eyes back on me. Say what I say. Do what I do. This is what we have to learn tonight. We are designed, designed to live by faith. Now, the interesting thing about that story, it doesn't end there. When it's all said and done, they get in the boat. Jesus gets on him. He doesn't say, good job, Peter. You're the only one got out of the boat, son. I'm proud of you. You're a water walker, baby. Uh -uh. What did he do? He got on it. Man, where's your faith at? He makes it clear to him, to the disciples, to all of us, that it was according to Peter's faith that he was walking on water. You got to see this, you all. See, one of the biggest things that will help any believer is that we have to make our mind up that Jesus is still the very same person today that we watch through the Word. John chapter 1 makes it very clear. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And in verse 14, it says that, that the Word became flesh and dwelt among humanity. Written Word, living Word. One word. One. That's right, baby. Never. I'm, thank you for getting, getting ahead of me, Josh. Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But verse 9 of that passage, it goes on to say this, So don't be carried away with all kinds of strange teachings. That's what happens. Well, it might be God's will to heal. And I'm talking about preachers that have degrees and they get up and say that it's not for today or it went away with the last apostle. Well, who was the last apostle? First of all, there are still apostles on the planet. Hmm? I think at some point we have to come back and humble ourselves. And since Jesus, today, the man Jesus lives in heaven he's actually expecting his body here on the planet to finish what he started that's why he said i'm sending you another helper just like me he'll remind you of all the things i taught you he'll teach you he'll show you things to come that's why and the, the bible makes it clear in the book of acts how god anointed jesus with the holy spirit to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. See, everybody that Jesus healed, according to that scripture in the book of Acts, was oppressed of the devil. You see, sickness is not something that God is using to teach you something. Stop that garbage. If you've ever heard that, that is blasphemy. It is not biblical. I know, I know in the Old Testament God would punish someone, but we are not in that. Come on, girl. 
We have to come to a place where we're humble enough to allow him to teach us truth. The Holy Spirit has empowered us to do the works of Jesus on the planet. And it is so, what's the word I want to use here? It's almost arrogant to some degree on our part to assume that we're just going to step up one day because we got a sermon series on it and do it. I know I've got friends in the medical field and they go to school and they are trained for years. Doctors, even more. And then after that, they have to continually, continually, continually develop their education. Why would we assume that we're just going to get up one day and flip a switch and walk in this? It doesn't work like that. You have to learn how to live this way. You are born of a different world. That's what Paul said. You're a new creation in Christ, born of the kingdom of heaven. That's why the Holy Spirit lives inside you. But if we don't take the time to allow him to shape us. See, the only way that this life works is through faith. We're designed that way. Listen listen to Hebrews chapter 4. Y'all okay? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. For indeed... The gospel, it was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them not being mixed with faith. See, this is why Paul challenges us to stay in the word long enough until faith comes. How you know when faith comes? Because you have this ridiculously bold, joy-filled confidence. Like a kid at Christmas, my dad said, I got this. You, that's, that's, what, that's what faith is. huh? So when you make your mind up that, that Jesus is still the same person today that you see in the Word, then you'll start stepping out and trusting him with all of your heart and no longer leaning on your own understanding. And when you have a symptom in your body or you're praying for a loved one and nothing happens instantly, you don't resort to your own understanding. You don't resort to your own, you don't resort to your own understanding. You trust in the Lord with all of your heart because if God said that I sent my son to die on the cross to save you and you believe that, then he said, I am the Lord who heals you. Let's get to the same place where you believe that. Huh? Is it possible that just maybe instead of living by faith, too many of us, we found ourselves settling into this place where we're just waiting around for God to perform another miracle? And if he, do, if he doesn't perform another miracle, then we just come to the conclusion in our vast accumulation of intelligence that, well, it must not have been God's will. Because, I mean, I was, Cody, I was believing, man. You might have been believing, but there could have been some unbelief in there, too. See, we have to get this issue settled. Jesus, has, <laughs> this might stress some of you a little bit. Jesus has done his part. He's, he's, he's done his part. He has, you all. He's actually, are you ready for this? According to the Apostle Paul, he is actually seated in heavenly places at the right hand of the Father. We're the body. So regardless of what we face, we have to get this reality settled. He is still the Lord, our healer. I mean, he actually named himself that. He also gave us his written word to reveal his living word to us, to reveal himself to us. And so that's the thing that you and I have to be open to. The Apostle Paul, he actually tells us, I love this. 
Writing to the Corinthian church, the Apostle Paul actually makes this statement. He says, guys, the things that were written about the children of Israel in the Old Testament, they were written for our admonition, for our warning, for our instruction. Things, that, things to do and things not to do. And so often what happens is we get frustrated. The enemy begins to shoot the fiery thoughts in our mind of different things and we get distracted. And then remember what we were talking about earlier? And then just like... They came across an ocean that was congealed, huh? And then three days they started complaining. I'm telling you, complaining is a faith killer, you all. We don't understand this. James, James summed it up perfectly. He says, guys, your tongue is the rudder of your life. Proverbs says that the power of life and death, the power of life and death, the power of life and death are in the tongue. So let, let me show you a, a story in the Old Testament, and I'll get you out of here with this. In Numbers chapter 21, now the children of Israel have been moving through the desert, and they're full of unbelief and negativity, and God, God will be merciful, and he'll show up and do something amazing, and then they'll go right back to their nagging, unbelieving, complaining ways, and then the hand of God will be taken off of them in the end. See, you have to understand something. Many times when you read stories in the Old Testament, you have to realize that the, the overall majority of the people in the Old Testament, they had no revelation of Satan. You understand that? If, if something bad happened, God did it really it was his permissive will because he removed his and so they they were getting ready to go conquer this king and so they asked god to enter to, to intervene for them and god delivered them and now watch this chapter 21 verse 4 i want to use the amplified because it has some it has some good description here talking about the children of israel and they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. They had to go around the land of Edom because the king of Edom, they would not let the children of Israel take a shortcut through the land. They wouldn't even let their, their animals graze there. They said, no, you got to go around. We've heard about you, people of God. You all destroy everything in your path. And if, you, if they obeyed God, they were. So they were going around the land of Edom, and the people became impatient. Listen, you, you, got it. you need to go home and, and camp out here for a little bit. Who became impatient? Say we did. Yeah. The people became impatient, watch this, depressed and much discouraged. You ever been in any of those situations? Yeah. Because of the trials of the way. <laughs> have, have, have any trials ever got you depressed and much discouraged? Yeah. Watch this. Verse 5. And the people, oh, I, the people spoke against God and against Moses. Let, let me take just a second here. Guys, this is something I, I try to encourage you all in. It, it has taken me years to get to this place, but this is why the Lord has finally got me to the place. When people talk bad about me, see, Moses was their pastor. And when people talk bad about me, God has brought me to the place where I have to pray for him. I'm, you're getting ready to see something here in a minute. The vengeance, of, the vengeance of the Lord, I don't want somebody falling under that. I mean, in, in, the, in the moment of that anger, when somebody says something hateful or cruel or, or, to, to, about me, I, I'm like, I want to pray like David. God, smite them right now. But, but, but I, I don't really want that. I don't. Because they're, they're really, they're not God's enemy. God came and died for them. 
the people spoke against God and against the man of God. Why have you brought us out of Egypt to die? This has been their song and dance. They, I mean, they saw such incredible miracles. For there's no bread, neither is there any water, and we loathe this light, contemptible, unsustainable, uh, unsubstantial manna, this angel's food from heaven. We can't stand it, God. Watch this. So the Lord sent fiery, burning serpents among the people, and they bit the people. And many died. Now, let's stop for a second. Where did God send serpents from? They, they wouldn't they rain in serpents from heaven. Listen, they in the desert. Are y'all ready for a newsflash? Serpents live in the desert, full of snakes. I submit to you that they were always there all the time. Because of the anointing of God on their life, the serpents couldn't touch them. See, Star Trek wasn't the first force field. Numbers chapter 21. To this day, there are some of the most deadliest snakes on the planet in this region of the country, or of, the, of, of the planet. And they're all over there. They weren't ever biting them before. God, God didn't get a truck and back up a semi and unload snakes all over. No. <clears throat> They're already there, but all of a sudden because they have sinned and rebelled against the things of God and complained against God, God simply said, I'm done with you all. Now, th this is Old Testament, you understand. We're under the age of grace, thank God. And so the serpents begin to come in and bite the people. And I know some of y'all think, well, I, you know, I, I would just outrun them. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I have to be careful when we say this, we're not a snake handling church. But if I had a snake in here, Y'all wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Snakes are made for one thing, killing. And for all y'all that love animals, you have to pray for a brother, all right? Huh? Let's keep going. And the, watch it. So there's, there's over a million people. I'm trying to get some. You got to see this. There's over a million people, and snakes are running through the camps. And they're biting people, and they're dropping dead. Like, we're, you know, like, like right now, you know, all of a sudden Danny just fell over. Dang, he got, Lord, so one of them got him. His wife outran him like, you're on your own, brother. <laughs> now, now watch. So these snakes are biting people. I know y'all are all comfortable like, yeah, so that's okay. They're biting people. People are dying. And the people, verse 7, and the people came to Moses. Now, remember, the snakes are still, they're still killing people. And the people come to Moses, and they said, uh, Moses, we sinned, <laughs> you think? <laughs> and we've spoken against God and against you, Moses. My bad, brother. <laughs> Pray to the Lord that he'll take the serpents away. And so now snakes are still biting people. This conversation is going on. Moses has now got to go. So Moses prays. Verse 8, and the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent of bronze. Now, listen, he couldn't just run down to Walmart or he couldn't just go to Amazon and get one delivered, next day delivery. They had to take a fire. They had to heat it up. They had to, they had to make this bronze serpent. All the while, people still dying. Huh? So Moses made the serpent. Watch this. God says, 
put it on a pole, and if a serpent has bit any man, when he looks, remember wavering? Pay close attention. This is, this is your lesson for tonight. When he, when he looks at the serpent of bronze, because this serpent of bronze is another type of Jesus hanging on the cross, because the serpent of bronze represents the serpent of the demonic forces that were attacking, and he took all of that on him on the cross for us. Amen. Come on, you guys. And so, so the snakes are still biting everybody, and he says, you tell them to look at the serpent attentively. Watch this. Expectantly. No, that's not it. Give me the... There we go. That's all right. Keep going. There we go. Attentively. Look at, look at what attentively? Now, what is the serpent a type of in our life today? Jesus. So who are you going to look at attentively, expectantly, with a steady, absorbing gaze? And he lived. Who lived? Anyone that looked at the serpent. Anyone. Now, you got to understand, guys, they're falling dead all around them. I mean, Danny just got bit. It's okay, Danny. We'll raise you up. See, guys, when you read these stories... I want you to go there. A Holy Spirit-inspired imagination will make the Bible come alive to you. It'll no longer be some religious book. It'll no longer be just that holy. It'll all of a sudden, Sherry, it'll be that revelation. And you're like, ding, 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 ding. See, some of you all tonight, you're understanding the importance. These people are falling down. Snakes are still biting. They're trying to run and look at the same. What? snakes I know y'all would probably be cool but I'm not and so he's telling them this while the snakes are still there they got to stop they got to stop because they got to stare attentively expectantly with a steady absorbing yeah but it's one it's Moses it's one coming bro and they lived See, so often, guys, what's this story doing in the Bible? Huh? A couple of things. Number one, stop complaining. Stop complaining. God, I've been believing. I've been believing. What's the taking so long? What's, it's working. Huh? Stop complaining. This is a word from the Holy Spirit for somebody tonight. Stop complaining. Because when you complain, you are stuck in your mess, and you allow the enemy to wreak havoc in your life. But these people needed to be healed, because if you got the poison of a snake running through you, you may have a minute, five at the most, and you gone. So if Joe got bit, you got, Joe, get over here, man. Now, it's not like this room. There's over a million people. What if Moses has got the serpent and he's over at the parking lot at Sonic? I, Cody, come on, baby. Don't you, don't, don't you die on me, boy. How real is this stuff to you? You see, the thing that you and I have to be open to, according to the book of Hebrews, our job is to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. To look at him attentively, expectantly, with a steady, absorbing gaze. I know you want Jesus to do a, do a boom, a miracle, and fix it. 
He lives in heaven. He left the helper to do what? Help. Help who? He didn't leave him to do it. He left him to help. Who's the doer? I know a lot of us, it's, it's just, I know, it's easier to just blame God. But you're not going to be able to hang out under these teachings very long and continue to blame God. You won't. You're going to learn how to, right in the middle of chaos, people screaming and running because they, their, their dad got snake bit, their kid got snake bit, they're running crazy. Look at, this, look at the serpent on the pole. Moses, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. What do you mean look at a bronze snake? That's dumb, man. I'm not doing it. Okay, I'll see you in heaven. I know some of the things of God will not make sense. Are you with me? Guys, this is my prayer for all of us tonight. As we take the time to allow the word of God to shape our thinking. Some of you in this room, not only are you going to begin to walk in a, a, a higher level of healing in your own body, you're going to start taking it to people. You're not going to be embarrassed by it. You're not going to be intimidated by a sickness that you run into. You're going to have such an, uh, an anointing and a knowing inside you that you're going to lay hands according to the biblical principle mandate of the Great Commission in Mark. And according to the Apostle James, you're going to lay hands on the sick. And God said they will recover. But you've got to do it. Yeah, you actually have to do it. And when we become doers of the word and not hearers only, we are no longer deceiving ourselves. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word penetrate our soul tonight. Let your healing power manifest in each and every one of us, Lord. Not only for us to walk in the healing, but that we are vessels that carry this covenant of healing to others. That we are able to have conversations about it, to teach others about it. That we are good stewards of your word. Vessels bringing honor to you, Jesus. We pray all of this in your, in your precious name, Lord. And everyone said, Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.